as well as financial and weather displays, the service can provide information about future TV programs, racing and football results, even quiz questions and crosswords. News addicts can also be catered for. Uh, news flashes, um, the idea there is that uh, a person will be able to sit and watch television at home, having selected the news flash facility, in the knowledge that if a news flash does occur, then uh, it will appear on top of his television picture, superimposed on his television picture. listening to Teletext People. Teletext People is a social record of people that have been involved in either the production or the restoration or the artwork of the blocky medium that once dominated our TV screens in Great Britain before 2012. In the series you will hear from the pioneers, the people who made it tick and also people who have only recently visited the Teletext medium but in their own way keeping it alive for the preservation for others in the future. In this episode we speak to Ian Irving. Ian is Teletext's first ever graphic artist and is a contemporary of many that came along afterwards. I started by asking Ian how he got into Teletext. I was. Uh, I had a background in in newspapers, and uh, at the time I was working at the Press Association in Fleet Street, which is, as you know, a news agency. And I'd been there about eight years, I think. And uh, although it was a good job and I did quite well there, uh, it was getting a bit monotonous. And I happened to see the, the advert. Uh, BBC advert advertising, uh, you know, the people wanted for this new technology, teletext, CFAX. So, so um, I thought that would be uh, a brilliant change from what I was doing. So I applied and um, I had a, an interview with Colin McIntyre Frankly, I can hardly remember, uh, but I think it was at a uh, television centre. And um, some time later, I had a postcard from Colin saying that uh, uh, as long as I hadn't been a member of Hitler Youth or Communist League in my uh, past, uh, the job was mine, you know. So that, 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 was, that was great. That, that was a very unorthodox thing for Colin to have done, by the way, because uh, as I later discovered, the, when you're applying for a journalistic job at the BBC, that they run a background check on you, um, which you're not supposed to know about. So if there's anything dodgy in your past, you, you get uh, 
blacklisted. However, I, obviously I got past that, that hurdle. And um, that's how I got to, to CFAX. I was, uh, I think, a week or two after Mort. So, uh, you know, it's one of the first uh, news, news subs there. What, what was a normal day at um, CFAX like when you first started? Well, obviously it was, it was intriguing um, because it was new technology and uh, it was uh, using uh, a VDU screen, which I'd never done before. Um, and at that stage, very early stage, we were typing this stuff on screen and then running it off as a punched paper tape which had then had to be taken down several flights of stairs to the central apparatus room where it was fed into a tape reader and that was how it was then broadcast. Um, all sorts of things could, could go wrong. The, the tape punch could uh, tear, your, tear, tear the tape and make it unreadable so you'd have to do it all over again. Uh, there, there's all sorts of things like that which um, uh, one had to get used to, but that that system was only temporary. Uh, and at that time, we were working in a little cubby hole of an office, uh, halfway up some stairs at television centre. Uh, but before long, they built. Uh, a, a purpose-built office on the roof of the seventh floor, a kind of prefabricated office building, uh, which was great. It gave us plenty of room. But unfortunately, there was no uh, air conditioning or heating. So in summer, it was heated up like an oven. And in winter, it was like a refrigerator. Uh, neither of those conditions was uh, very good for the computer, the original computer that we had running there, which would uh, tend to come to a halt many times in one day. Anyway, you probably heard about that from from Mort. Oh, would this be um, Esmeralda that needed a um, needed a kick from time to time to um, to to start retransmitting the pages? Yeah, that 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 was uh, eventually it was Esmeralda. I think there was an earlier version, but uh, Esmeralda was the, the the one that we remember most. Um, it, it became much more reliable when eventually they were persuaded to put some air conditioning in, and uh, that that sort of problem was uh, tended to to disappear. Mm. Of course, you were discovering all these things for the first time because no one had ever done a broadcast television service before uh, using a computer like that. That's right. I mean, it was uh, it was very new. Obviously, uh, there were, and at that early stage, there were very few people 
outside who could actually receive teletext because there weren't that many decoders around at that time. Part of the interest was just seeing how how the audience was gradually building up. Yeah. Well, what sort of pages did you do as a sub-editor? Was it just mainly news or did you have any other responsibilities on the service? Well, it was it was mainly news, but um, I mean, I think we we all did all sorts of things. We we had did have some uh, research assistants who would compile TV listings and that sort of thing. Um, not necessarily; um, they didn't necessarily do all of that. Uh, so I think we turned our hand to to almost anything. Um, but it would have been mainly mainly news and finance and sport. We we had sport specialists eventually, um, but not in the beginning. So, um, when did you first start using the the graphical side of uh, teletext? When did you discover that you could um, create? Um, pictures or or bolder uh, headlines using using that side of the teletext um, software well almost immediately i think you know um we discovered that there was this graphics facility and uh, you know we latched onto it uh, at once i mean it was it was a great thing to play with uh, you had to discover which keys produced which shapes because there was no kind of uh, crib for it at that time. Uh, so you had to learn, as I, as I say, which, which keys to use for your particular shapes. But it was it was great, something to play with. And uh, I, I had a kind of amateur artistic background as well uh, so that came into play along with my uh, interest in, in in typography from having been in newspapers uh, that also came into play so one thing and another sort of it all added up to uh, discovering what the the graphics capability could do. So when you were making a headline on the fly, were you able to just use the alpha codes and type them in a in a in a uh, in a jumbled sentence and then just code it up as graphics at the end for it to reveal the artwork that it was um, intended to be? Well, you you could do it that way, but I tended not to. I, I, I tended to to do graphics in in the graphics mode so uh, you you could see what you were trying to put together you know, yeah. rather than just stick the alphanumerics in and then convert them hmm. was it something yeah. that the um the the service recognized that you had a talent for then you were sort of um wheeled out to do graphics for other other sections on the magazine uh, eventually, I think yes. Um, you know, it was something I, I kind of made my own, as it were. Uh, although every, everybody, almost everybody, had a go 
because it was a, a great thing to play with. And so there was quite a lot of experimenting going on. Um, and some people were good at it, others not so good. Uh, but I always wanted to make things look as professional as possible and not um, as if somebody had just been playing around, if you see what I mean. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think eventually I came to be seen as, you know, the the bloke to go to for for graphics. You've certainly uh, been cited as a contemporary of many people I've spoken to so far, and what in the wider teletext community, um, your um, your your techniques have certainly inspired others to go on and do the same thing as well uh, so I, th I think you uh, you disguise your light under a bushel there well I don't know about that it, it just just happened to be something that I took to you know and uh, mm. uh, I just like doing it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, from, from there then how long did you um, work at CFAX for I was there for about 12 years, from 74 until 80, 86, yeah, so yes, just about 12 years. When Mort Smith came back from America and took over Fortel at Fax, um, he, he invited me to join Intelfax, you know, basically to do graphics and you know i was very glad to to accept because uh, i mean apart from anything else i enjoyed doing the graphics but i was also a bit by that stage a bit tired of doing news stories which i've been doing for years and years so it was, in some ways it was a great relief to go to intel facts to be in effect a graphic designer and not a uh, not a newsman anymore. What, what new things did you? Um, what new things were you able to do at the new service? I believe it was Fortel. Yeah, it was uh, Fortel, but um, it it sort of branched out because there were uh, Intelfax took on lots of satellite broadcasters uh, and other broadcasters uh, for teletext um, so I found myself doing you know graphics for all kinds of people sometimes I was uh, loaned out to other companies temporarily uh, like um, in, in fact when teletext took over from Oracle uh, I actually did a couple of weeks or more I can't remember now for for teletext doing graphics to help them get set up. And in fact, I think I devised the uh, kind of chunky type style that, that uh, Teletext used. Although I won't swear to it, but I, I, I think that was one of the things I did for them at the start. Was there any, um, any particular artwork that you were uh, particularly proud of um, when you were doing, doing this sort of work? Yeah, what uh, what sticks in my mind now is uh, the project called Hands Up, 
which was a series of programs commissioned by Channel 4 uh, using animated teletext graphics. The idea was the brainchild of uh, a Channel 4 producer called Sue Crockford, who thought it might be a good way of uh, introducing sign language to children. So she and um, another Sue, Sue Harris, uh, who was a, uh, who taught sign language to deaf children, they got together and produced a, a story, a story that uh, was spread over 10 episodes and uh, they commissioned Intel Fax to produce it. So I, I spent virtually a year doing animated teletext graphics to il illustrate this story. Uh, I did have an assistant who helped me to create some of the characters, uh, a girl called um, Carol Childs, but most of it I, I was doing on my own. Fortunately, I, I had my own computers at home which, which could do teletext graphics, so I was able to work out of the office quite a lot of the time. Um, but it, it was pretty intensive work. And uh, Sue Harris would uh, come in and have a look at what I'd done from time to time and tell me if it was any good. Being Australian, she was fairly blunt. And if she thought something wasn't up to it, she'd say, no, that, that's no bloody good, um, which would mean I would have to do, do certain things over again. Because the, it was very difficult to illustrate hand movements in teletext terms. Uh, and, and they had to be right. Otherwise, um, you know, kids, kids, kids could get the wrong idea. The animations, by the way, were, were only possible because of uh, this gadget called the Right Box, which had been produced for Intel Fax, uh, which was able to output a sequence of teletext pages and insert them into the broadcast stream. Uh, so you could alter the, the timing at which the pages appeared. But even that wasn't fast enough for some of the animations in Hands Up. So we went to a, a facilities house uh, where they, they, they were able to speed up the animations. So that was hands up. Uh, I, I think it was fairly successful. But, um, it was probably a bit clunky in terms of actual television. And the story was a bit odd, but I, it was certainly unique at, at, at the time. I don't think anything like it has been done since.
So what sort of um what sort of thing did you have to display on on the artwork for that? You mentioned a hand, so would there be like um something something happening and the hand would be sort of like um adding to the narration of the story? Yeah, well the the uh, the characters would um obviously be talking to each other uh, but using sign language uh so you had to be able to depict the correct sign the correct hand shape and the correct movement uh which could be a bit challenging you know and weave all that into the uh, as a, a story, a storyline. Well, yes, it's been commented um, by uh, people that it was, you know, you couldn't even get the curve right on the on a on the letter C of a, of a Coca Cola logo. So to get the curvature of a hand depicting, um, you know, something in British Sign Language would be quite a challenge. Yeah, it, it was. But I, I think using the separated graphic facility often helped because that kind of helps to give a rounded off appearance to things but you you couldn't always use that I, I didn't really get much feedback as such uh, I mean I, I have heard since from Sue Harris um, who's remained a, a good friend ever since She's now back in Australia. I heard from from her that uh, kids loved it, um, but uh, teachers weren't that impressed with it. You know, uh, deaf sign language teachers. But then there there was a lot of um, sort of infighting among the deaf community. I think <laughs> over what what um, should be done and what shouldn't be so yeah. I, I don't I don't really know how it how it went down but. And, and you mentioned the uh, was it the right box did you the say right box yeah. R-I-T-E yeah, yeah. And, uh, and why was that originally made yeah it was for in, in vision uh, in vision teletext uh, like well the BBC used it as well for CFAX AM and things like that. So uh, they broadcast a sequence of uh, teletext pages leading up to the first program of the day or, or overnight. Um, so you'd, you'd get foretell on view, which would be, a, a, again, a sequence of uh, teletext pages about forthcoming programs or that sort of thing um interspersed with uh, with brief animations uh which was another thing i did quite a lot of and eventually we also did uh for itv uh, itv night screen which was a similar thing it, 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 was, a, it was a way of um filling in airtime for for the broadcasters i suppose mm. 
but they're also useful for promoting their their, their programs. Mm. Um, can you tell me um, any more about Forty the dog? Uh, Forty, actually, that that started while I was still at uh, CFAX at the BBC, um, unofficially, but it was known that I was doing it. It came about because Colin McIntyre, who was, uh, you know, the boss at CFAX for a long time, he'd retired, um, but he was retained as a consultant by Mort for for Fortel. He knew that I'd, uh, at CFAX I'd sort of created one or two cartoonish-type characters, and he remembered that the dog and he he thought it would be a good idea for Fortel to have a a, a cartoon story uh, and so I was asked if I could uh, you know create a sort of story of some kind uh, around Forty the dog. Uh, Forty was Colin's suggested name uh, obviously because it was Fortel and but also i think there was a certain um uh there's a film dog called k9 uh so that 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 i think that was in colin's mind when he suggested 4t and and the dog itself um i believe it was ado- it was adopted as a mascot of um mit uh yeah it wasn't so much a mascot it was um I can't quite remember. I think he, he was um, uh, president or, or, or something like that of the, the Students' Union. Um, Manchester Institute of Technology, is it? I, I, uh, so, um, so with all the graphics that you were doing and being a consultant um, graphic designer, I guess, for all, all these services, um, how long did this uh, continue for? Uh, until about um, 2000, 2001, uh, I think that's when I um, more or less retired. So, yeah, I was, I was uh, doing graphics all that time, but also I got sort of um, into uh, newer technologies such as MHEG, and uh, we were experimenting with um, interactive program guides and that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, I wasn't entirely uh, doing teletext graphics then, although that was still quite a large part of it. And, and did you um, use a teletext service yourself for anything? Oh yeah, I mean, I always uh, I would always look at the Teletext news uh, and anything I was interested in. Because it was such an immediate um, medium. I mean, obviously, it was, this was before the internet had really taken off. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd use Teletext quite a lot, really. How, how do you feel about the loss of teletext? Do you think it was, um, you know, an evolutionary thing, or do you think there was still time for it to run? I, I think it, it, it 
it yeah it, it was an evolutionary thing uh, the, obviously the internet had uh, taken over in many ways but I, I still found the uh, red button text service on the BBC was was useful doing much the same kind of thing as CFAX had been doing although not not on the same scale although they threatened to to do away with that which I think would have been a mistake but um, I was glad that it was preserved so what what do you um, what do you do these days now are you are you completely retired or do you still dabble in anything at all I've um, dug out my old uh, BBC master computer on the BBC B lately in the last few years and uh, played around with those sort of re- reviving stuff that I've done or looking back at the stuff I'd done, including a lot of the 40 stories, which, some of which are online now. Um, but apart from that, I, my main interest has been in, in painting and printmaking and that sort of thing. So I've been heavily involved with local art societies. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ian, for um, sharing your experiences of uh, teletext uh, with me. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, speak to you. Yeah, well, well thanks, Carl. I've enjoyed it. You can see Ian Irving's work on 4-tonline.uk. Teletext People is presented by me, Carl Attrell, and is a bite high, no limit production. I really enjoy making these podcasts. However, if you want to help with the hosting costs, You can do so by buying me a coffee. You can find out how to do that in the program notes.